creators of Relevant Magazine. This is the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, September 16th, 2016, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by a new sponsor, Wealthfront. Wealthfront is a transparent and affordable financial advisor that can help you invest your hard-earned dollars and reach your financial goals. Wealthfront has combined world-class financial experts and Silicon Valley's best technology talent to build a modern financial services company that allows you to access your account anytime online or through your phone. Now, here's the deal. So we're in this weird spot, a lot of our audience, where, you know, you don't have a lot in savings, but now we're kind of going, uh-oh, we need to figure that out one day, right? What do you do? You, I, call, well, you call the Monopoly guy. Well, I've heard the horror <laughs> stories about, like, guys who don't know what they're doing, and they charge a ton of fees and yeah. just all this. Okay, so here you go. Wealthfront charges no trading commissions and is free for accounts under $10,000. For accounts larger than $10,000, Wealthfront's fee is only 0.25 of 1% of the account size per year. If you go to wealthfront.com slash relevant, you'll actually get $15,000 managed for free. So that's, we just gave you five thousand dollars of free. I don't really understand how it all works, but I think that's it's right. It's crazy. This is great. I just, <laughs> so we were on the call with them, you know, like learning about it, and I'm like, "This is amazing." I'm signing up tonight, and yeah. the guy goes, "Actually, you can't because we're sponsoring the podcast, and there's rules." What if you've already know. made millions off of Wealthfront.com forward slash relevant, and you're on the podcast? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> well, Ethical quandary. I'll have to check in about that. But it's uh, <laughs> it's all free and all that stuff. It's it's amazing. It's an amazing deal. Yeah. So. People actually always think like, oh, I'll do this at some point. Right. And like, and oh, if I need, uh, you know, I got to have like thousands and thousands. Like you should actually just maybe start the process. Yeah. Now, Joy, another good thing about Wealthfront is they will accept old cans that used to be buried in your backyard. So good. Gonna, I will start digging today. You can bring in all your stuff just with your crazy lady tin cans. Yeah. No, I remember when I was in college and in my speech class, like we had to give persuasive speeches. And one of the girls in my class, like talked about if at age 18, if we started just putting away like 20 or $25 a month, like what that would be long term for us. And so I think that it, I mean, if people just have a small amount, like they think it's nothing, but it really, it really well, will. Joy, let me ask time. you this. How persuasive? was she did you start putting it away i did i did yeah she has literally so, 25 dollars millionaire right now that's <laughs> so what you guys thought was i'm 60 years old i asked well from, i was like how is this different than something like e-trade or something right where right. you're just kind of like off on yeah. your own and charge per trade yeah mm-hmm. this is actually like financial management or like an advisor yeah helping you kind of craft your goals and destination so you're not off on your own would it prevent a scenario this is completely hypothetical that <laughs> you mistakenly invested every time you had in a bunch of goggles. 
Jesus. Would it have prevented right. that? A callback to last week's show. Yeah. I, I'm reminded <laughs> of uh, that 30 Rock where um, Alec Baldwin, uh, Jack Donaghy, yeah. uh, Liz Lemon had found some success with like her book and yeah. stuff, you remember? Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to help you invest it. And he's like, well, what, what's your portfolio? And she's like, I don't know. I got like 10,000 in checking. You know, and, like, <laughs> yeah. and, and the look on his face is basically yeah. <laughs> some of the questions I was asking the wealth, wealth front guy. That he, I'm sure he had the same look on his face. You're like, what exactly is... <laughs> Money. There you go. <laughs> now, now, when you say portfolio, do you mean when I bought the whole roll of scratchers from 7-Eleven? Because my portfolio is quite well. Wealthfront.com slash relevant, and you'll get $15,000 managed for free. Go check it out. If you make a ton of money, buy me a jet ski. Am I allowed to say that? I think that's an FDIC violation. <laughs> but if you end up making millions off this, I've always wanted a jet ski. All right. Uh, like I said, I'm your host, Cameron Strang. And here with me in Orlando studios, welcome back, Eddie Big Cat Coffelt. <sighs> Thank goodness. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Over there on the ones and twos, our producer, Chandler Strang, my hello, brother. Hello, hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. <laughs> Coming in hot today. Hello, hello. <laughs> and uh, all the way from Portland, Oregon, Joy Egrich Reed. Hello, hello. <laughs> you don't get you don't get to say that, Joy. I'm sorry. I'm Eddie, sorry. we right. missed Present. you. We we missed you profusely last week. I kind of missed you all. I was having a really nice vacation, but when I thought about you, I missed you. I heard I missed a uh, real doozy of a show. I haven't had a chance to listen to goggle, it yet. Goggle talk. Yeah. Yeah, but I would. Amazing. I got to invest T- in some of those goggles. Tell uh, us where you were. Because oh. he is as red as a lobster right now. <laughs> oh, clever. Yeah. I was in Maine. Uh, we, Bree and I went on vacation. <laughs> and to be clear, vacation means no kids. Uh, uh, no, those, those children stayed with the grandparents. We went up to Maine and hiked in Acadia National. You went to Bahaba. Bahaba. Hun, have a lobster roll. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was amazing. Hey, Eddie, can I, ask you, can I ask you a quick question, man? Yeah, yeah. What made you choose Maine? Um, it's not hot. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't really know other than sort of we looked at a map and we like alternate years. So like last year we went overseas this year. We knew we were going to go in the U.S. and we were just sort of looking around. And we thought, I bet Maine is lovely and we like to go to all the national parks. And so Maine it was. Just start in the corner, work your way around. Yeah, lobster was good. We totally broke veganism for that and ate lobster almost all the time. It was amazing. <laughs> it was like Wait, dumb, dumb question. But what? What national park is in Maine? It's Acadia, Acadia. National Park. It's like oh, okay. very, very beautiful. It's very inspiring to GMC. GMC. They named their <laughs> midsize SUV the Acadia. I wanted to roll with that with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did not know the GMC line as I well. Looked as I looked at it honor. once when I got my Ford Explorer. Oh, so, that's nice to yeah. know. <laughs> and, and I heard I heard GNC, so I was thinking pills. So I, I was, was like, thinking, what? yeah, that's what I heard too. Is like the General Nutrition Company. Anyhow, it was nice. We got away, got a vacation. It was very quiet. Stayed at bed and what? breakfast. They didn't have cell phone signal most of the place we were at. So it was like really for real deal disconnected. It was okay. great. I've I've only stayed at one bed and breakfast. Yeah, I, I that that to me is almost like crashing with a friend. Okay, I, I can't stand the I, dynamic. I, but, but but when you say crashing with a friend, you mean a friend who's also a complete stranger you've never spoken that's to. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like I feel like I'm staying at some old lady's house and I'm uncomfortable the entire time. Well, it really. Did you know why, Cameron? Do you know why it feels like that? Because that's exactly no. what's happening. <laughs> I, I will tell you. I am also not a huge bed and breakfast fan because of for that reason. Like you come you like in small ones. You don't like huge. 
well, Sorry. I don't, well, I just don't like, I, I, you know, I'd rather just go into a hotel. Yeah. Digital key. Yeah. You taught me about that. I love that. The yeah. digital key unlock. Mm-hmm. I don't want to interact with a single human being on vacation. Absolutely. Other than. So, so did you skip the breakfast portion, Eddie? No, because it was so good. It was, it was delicious. It was full of lobster. Yeah. Lobster. But, but, but you said it. Did you sit at a table with complete strangers no. and, and mingle? This is the good thing is because it's such a bed and breakfast culture and you really don't have an option in like around the Bahaba area to like like stay in big hotels you everybody's there just at their own table so it's basically just like a, a little quiet hotel with really good breakfast it was great i, I only yeah. i only stayed at one one time and i was like i wanted to sleep in so i was a little late to breakfast oh, and yeah. i felt like every i felt like i was late to like a big family <laughs> meeting and everyone there was kind of oh, judging yeah. me a little oh yeah <laughs> the heads we went to one one time uh <laughs> and we went to one one time and we just the lady wanted to like sit down and have a chat when we got there oh no i'm like this is a death but that's common that's 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 the the etiquette though no i I know I hate that. I use that <laughs> word sparingly, but I very strongly. I, I want to go to another one because I feel like there's few opportunities in life where you can just, for a short period of time, become a weird character if you want. Like I could right. be yeah. some guy yeah. from England, from London, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> and just regale, regale them with stories that didn't happen. They're, ne- they're never going to go. They just thought it was the delightful <laughs> British guy that stayed at their establishment. It's like I, I've had that thought. You know, I, uh, we mentioned on the show. I've had that thought. Like I had that thought on the. First First day of right. college, right. where I'm like nobody knows me in my old life. Yeah, I but could that's a be, four year commitment. That's what I'm I'm about but right, commit. right. And yours is brilliant because you, right. you only got to write it for two days. Cameron, yours is borderline lifetime. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I really want to just start a place. I think you'd make uh, like millions that I would then invest because I don't know what I'm doing with uh, it. Uh, wealthfront.com slash relevant. <laughs> Bingo, nailed it. Um, hey, did, Eddie, did you? How tempted were you just to kind of take the opportunity to mess with people? Like bet both nights, like. You, how, how many nights were you there, real quick? <laughs> we were there. We stayed in a couple different ones, but we were there like five nights. Okay, let's say you're at the same one at, for five nights. Yeah. You set your alarm for like a really random time, like yeah. 3.47 <laughs> a.m., okay? <laughs> Which I did one night. Every night at that time, you let out a blood-curdling scream. <laughs> yeah. At the exact same time. And then every morning at breakfast, it's like, God, did you, did you hear that? Did you guys hear that? <laughs> I think it was at 3.47 again. Are you, so you're basically saying... That Eddie should have haunted the bed and breakfast. Right. And then acted like he didn't know that the. Like he should have messed with things throughout the night. Yeah. I did like that. Just rattling people's doors. What I could have done at the last bed and breakfast was change anything because the couple was so meticulous. Like, is they're giving you the tour, which is my least favorite part. What are they, what are they touring? Right. Exactly. They're like, here's where the coffee is. And I'm like, okay, we know it says coffee. There's a coffee but like, Here's where the old proprietor died. In 1800. <laughs> but like somebody had disorganized the tea a little bit and he just stopped and freaked out and reorganized all the tea. I'm like, oh boy, oh, this guy would be. You know what would have been hilarious, Eddie? (laughs) What? If you would have gone in the middle of the night, made a gigantic breakfast... Huge. set the table then ate it at every spot so when they wake up they're like someone already came in here like a whole group came in here and already had breakfast before our breakfast it's just there's uh, leftover frittata everywhere how is this possible <laughs> where are the croissants <laughs> <laughs> oh but it was a lovely time i missed you guys it's good to be home uh, and and uh, i'm lying i'd rather be on vacation yeah, still, but no I, like, I like you i like you guys if i have to be somewhere it's I'll beautiful be here. there's whales and cliffs and fog yeah. yeah and it's and yeah actually uh, i really wish i wasn't here now that you like, yeah. describe it that clearly but and, you know you gotta be somewhere and there's lobsters and it's brisk and it's it's beautiful <laughs> yeah. i love bar harbor oh it's, it's beautiful i love it's amazing maine. maine is awesome yeah 
Well, we have a great show in store for you. Uh, coming up later, Lauren Daigle is in the studio and performs some amazing songs. I wonder for if us. she's been to Maine. I'm sure she's a touring musician. She's probably hit all the 50 states. We should ask her. Yeah. I wonder how many bed and breakfasts she's haunted in her career. (laughs) She could just sing like a really creepy ghost song in the night. Yeah. I mean, it'd be delightful because she's very good. But it'd be be a beautiful ghost song. I'll say this about Lauren. Last week, we had a ton of artists come through. And, yeah. and and we'll be rolling out those performances in the in the coming months. Um, I you know we've been doing this a, a while, 10, 11 years. So we've been having artists come through, and we've had some memorable performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lauren, what what we experienced, what you're about to on today's show is right near the top of the list. It, awesome. it was just amazing. Her voice in this little studio, it, her voice is crazy good. Yeah, yeah, that's how you can tell a real pro when they can just be anywhere and it's just like oh you're it, it, filling this space it's just it's just it's a guy on acoustic, a little acoustic yeah. guitar and then her and her voice and it's just know. doesn't need anything more than that yeah you could, you could be in a tiny studio with a guy with an acoustic guitar or you could be you know just hypothetically hiding behind the couch in the lobby of an old bed and breakfast <laughs> in the middle of the night singing <laughs> a ghost song and right. in both right you d- you're just perfect it's hauntingly beautiful yeah did anyone hear that it sounded right. like it was coming from the lobby last night <laughs> I feel like sometimes someone like that who's like a Christian artist or whatever really tries to have a certain persona on Instagram and I went on to her and she like does these little videos and she's hilarious she yeah. like doesn't care yeah she she's fun um we uh Jesse and I got to hang out with her at the uh she uh, when we were up in Chicago for Lollapalooza, we went that mm-hmm. had that Jesus yeah. night, uh, the Hillsong tour. Yeah, she was opening for them, so she oh, was. Cool. We were to hang out with her that night. It was cool. That's awesome. She's yeah, good, very cool. Just good people. Yeah. yeah, like her. Um, yeah. Also coming up later on the show, we talked to Daily Show senior correspondent Hassan Minaj. Yeah, he's coming up later. Uh, it's pronounced like Nicki Minaj. That was the phonetic note. On my uh, <laughs> right up here, somebody literally wrote. You're welcome like, for that. Pronounce oh, it like Nicki Minaj. <laughs> like Nicki Minaj. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, I know who she is. He yeah. actually has on his website not related to Nicki Minaj. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, so that's a, that's quite a show. We got I mean, basically happening. we need to like yeah quickly get to the hey, good stuff. Hey, can we come, can we have a weekly segment where Eddie talks about Maine called the main thing? The main thing. Now it's time for the main thing. Yeah, on next week's show. I'm I'm going to talk about the different uh, kind of rolls that they use for lobster rolls and really compare and contrast my favorites. So, okay, which one? Uh, I need a preview uh, of we, next week's episode. Well, there's basically two. You know, we'll just do it now. We'll give a little teaser. There's two different schools of thought when making a lobster roll. There's kind of a split open piece of garlic uh, Texas toast, Correct. if you will. And then there's sort of a bun, sort of a sticky bun. Yeah, it's bun. like almost like a sourdough bun. Right. They split it down the middle. That's right. And stuff right. Uh, we'll have to wait till next week's show to see which one I like better. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I did, uh, I did like them both. It's the main thing with <laughs> Eddie Coffey. Yeah, you'll find it out next week on The Main Thing. (laughs) (laughs) Just use that as the bumper music, if you will. You know, Eddie, I think we just stumbled upon a spinoff podcast. (laughs) Finally, just a little extra. Every week, I'll just do two or three hours on different things of mean things about the hike. Because you visited there once. Yeah, Yeah. but I got a lot to talk about. And when you run out of stuff, you just talk about things you maybe would have done in Maine. Yeah, just interesting (laughs) points that I hadn't been to. You you know what? I think you need to I think it needs a little possession. 
pizzazz because I'm, I'm rethinking the main thing. I yeah. think it needs to be the main thing. With yeah. An yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'll take some time and just go on Google Maps and just discuss a store at a time that I see on Google Maps. Like, oh, it's an interesting place. They sell dog toys. Fun. <laughs> Eddie and I, I could come on as a special guest because I went two falls ago. I was there the same weekend you were there. Yeah. We were the last. Yeah, that's right. Chandler was And we were us. both yep. we were there with your mom. <laughs> we we were there the week that was the last the last week uh, before they shut down for the season, That's which right. I thought was interesting because our waiters and stuff were all moving to Florida oh, for yeah, the winter all, season. Yeah, our, yeah, yeah. Well, Wait, so Eddie, was it already considered like fall when you were there? Like, were the leaves turning? No, it's more. No, the leaves were not turning, but summer's over. So Labor Day is yeah. sort of their big finale. But then the week or two after Labor Day is actually a great time to go because everything's still open, but there aren't a million tourists it and was awesome every gift shop 70 percent off sales anything you want you want <laughs> you have so many main t-shirts cameron <laughs> yeah you want a lobster bib hun go ahead <laughs> go ahead 20 percent off cohen was walking around like bye hi bye yeah, he was like I four and he was like everybody thought it was the cutest thing yeah so he was it, milking it and it was <laughs> there, there's star for entertainment up there in bar Harbor, so a yeah. four-year-old saying uh, bye hi bye. I was, uh, killing yeah. it yeah the but the biggest celebrity in town right now is an actual lobster so it yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a slightly oversized lobster Everybody comes this, and this, sees guy, it. this guy was born with one weird claw so he's kind of our mascot <laughs> it's like in Florida, you can go to like putt putt golfing and you can see live alligators because they have them in a pen. You can like yeah. feed them and stuff. Oh man, they do, they do that with the lobsters up there. Yeah, if you're in the Bar Harbor area, you should really go to. Well, should we save this for the main thing or just another preview? One main thing. Main thing. <laughs> another, you know, on the next edition of Main Thing, I'll, I'm going to talk about Sea Rays, a great season place. two of Main Thing. I'm going to talk about a great place to go get a lobster dinner for two. It was delish, but it was a little weird. On a tragic episode of the Main Thing, the town. <laughs> biggest celebrity is accidentally boiled alive. <laughs> but that was the weird thing is the lady who took our order. It was like a little like hole in the wall place. She pulled out two lobsters from a live tank and she's like, do these look good? And I'm like, yeah, of course. I know, but that's I'm the like, whole thing with red lobster. You can walk you in back in the day. You could walk in and point out Bob. I want to yeah. eat Bob tonight. Well, I've never done that at red lobster one and two. How do you know what things look good? I'm like, yeah, it looks like a lobster it's that's alive and pinchy. There you <laughs> yeah. go. And it's not. They turn red. The main thing. <laughs> the main thing. <laughs> All right. We'll move the show along. It's time to look back at uh, what happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for in case you missed it. Uh, in case you missed it, uh, George Clooney's organization uncovered some disturbing new information about the war crimes being committed in South Sudan. Uh, you missed a lot while you're gone. Yeah, I did not hear about that. Yeah. This is a crazy story. Yeah. Like legitimate, legitimately insane. And, and then what? Well, not legitimately insane, figuratively insane. <laughs> yeah. Insane would be if George Clooney's had uncovered alien information. So an initiative co-founded by uh, the actor and activist, uh, it's called The Century. It's found that government leaders in South Sudan are making huge personal fortunes during the country's brutal civil war. The same leaders are responsible for horrific human rights violations, war crimes, and atrocities. The Sentry, George Clooney's The Sentry, spent two years investigating government ties to the long-running conflict. So in a Washington Post op-ed, Clooney and his partner John uh, Prendergast, uh, 
pronounced Minaj, it's written right here, <laughs> said that the main an, uh, antagonist of the war, President Salva Kiir Mayardit and deposed Vice President Raik, are mostly ignoring a peace deal and are obstructing UN relief workers and humanitarian aid efforts from reaching people to buy time to, quote, to continue to use extreme violence to loot the state treasury and the country's natural resources. And we have the evidence. He said that the leaders are, quote, content with draining the country's resources in order to purchase deadly weapons from arms dealers and fund armed groups uh, used to attack the civilian population bases of the rivals. Tens of thousands have been killed, nearly two million displaced during the conflict, and the country is on the edge of famine. There have also been reports of war crimes, including mass rape. Clooney has long been an advocate for the region. Back in 2012, he told CBN News that Christian ministries and organizations play a big role in assisting the people of Sudan and South Sudan. He said they lead the work a lot of times here. Uh, when we were at Darfur rally, it was uh, ministers. It's a lot of people of faith that have been working very hard on this. So in some ways, I'm trying to honor whatever part I can in the hard work that they do because I'm a big fan of all the work that's been done. There you go. George this report, I read some of it online this morning, and like these leaders are intentionally prolonging the war so they can make more money off, and they're giving it to their family members while the whole country lives on the edge of famine and these terrible war crimes. It's awful. Yeah, I mean, this is the nature of injustice, right? It's people mm -hmm. with perceived power taking from those that don't. It's like David and Bathsheba and Uriah all over again. Like this is, it's, it doesn't necessarily mean that the people are evil, but what they're doing with their position of power is, is really the nature of like human conflict. It's taking that, which was not yours to take their life and Liberty and God's things that have been given to you. And so it's really, really hard to break that cycle because the this was brazen too. one of oh, the yeah. leaders actually like one of the government big holdings, 25% was owned by the one of the leaders, 12 year old son. Yeah, that's wow. crazy town. Well, in case you missed it, uh, we now know who's going to play the three immortal shape-shifting angelic beings in Ava DuVarney's adaptation of the Christian sci-fi novel, A Wrinkle in Time. Uh, according to Variety, Reese Witherspoon and Mindy Kaling are in talks uh, to star in the big screen adaptation. This so. is like, Mindy, what is the other thing that she was just announced that she's going to be in? Oh, in the new Oceans whatever movie, right? The all-female cast one? Yeah, I like that she's starting to just act more. I really like her a lot. She's awesome. I, yeah. I was reading about this wrinkle in time story because Oprah's going to play the other and they're looking for two kind of hip people. Obviously, they turn to the cover of Relevant. That's true. We've had both uh, <laughs> Reese and uh, Mindy on the cover and now I get, uh, next, apparently Oprah will probably be. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, they were it looking is... to cast like a cool faith, you know, because Wrinkle in Time is a, almost a faith-based novel. I mean, it's Madeline Elingle is a Christian and there's a lot of Christian themes. So they turn to the one source. Let's check out the cover of this magazine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's a Disney production and it's a, a massive undertaking. It's now the first movie with a budget higher than $100 million to be directed by a woman of color. That's right. That's so awesome. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. In case you missed it, Hillsong United's Today Show performance that we uh, played a clip of on the podcast, or we told you about last week on the podcast, mm -hmm. uh, it went viral. The, we were sitting at the house one night last week, and uh, a friend texted me. He's like, is your site blowing up right now? And I was like, why? What happened? Like, did it crash? He's like, no, um, Hillsong United is the number one trending topic on Facebook right now, and when you click it, it takes you to Relevance article. Oh, cool. <laughs> it totally went viral last week. So they stopped by the Today Show to play Oceans on live morning TV because that's what you want to do at 7 a.m. is like sing. 
mm-hmm. you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was part of the show's city, uh, city bank, city, uh, mm. city concert series. Uh, they were promoting their latest album of Dirt and Grace and their upcoming film, Let Hope Rise, which releases in theaters today, September mm-hmm. 16th. Here is a clip of their Today Show performance. When they uh, when they finished the song, you could uh, hear uh, Hoda go over and, and hug Taya Smith, uh, yeah. the singer, and and you can hear her say, "I'm going to start crying." Yeah, on that thing, which is a real emotional way of not crying. Yeah, right. Here's the thing: I Taya has the the best voice. Like, yeah, like you you watch a lot of those like Today Show performances, and a lot of like singers are like lip syncing, you know like it's some big production, but she crushed it and that's live morning TV. Yeah, she's amazing. I don't have anything to say about it other than I would like to get back to Hoda saying I'm going to cry. It's like when someone says, oh, that was funny. Okay, well then that's not funny if you're saying it's funny. Yeah, you laugh or you don't. Right. You cry or you don't. Don't tell me your intentions, Hoda. Yeah. Hoda gate. Don't send me the crying emoticon. Actually cry. Yeah, either you're crying Hoda or you're not crying. Yeah. Don't tell me that you might possibly cry. Just cry or don't. Yeah. Cry or get off the pot, you know what I'm saying? That's probably what that's probably what Hillsong was thinking. That's a whole nother story. When Hoda said that. Next week on the main <laughs> thing. We're gonna talk we're gonna change directions and cry, talk a lot about cry Hoda. Cry or get off the pot. Oh, lobsters. Yeah. A, a story of lobster survival. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he crawled out of the pot. It's just horrifically yeah. burned. But uh, I know we had we had a uh, you know, a few weeks ago on the podcast we had Hillsong on and we were talking about the movie and all that. Right. And uh, it's coming out on Friday, so today. Everybody should go see it. It's actually really really good. They call it a theatrical worship experience. And mm-hmm. I would say that's what it is. It's, it's part, you know, film music documentary thing, but it's mainly like, like what you just heard. I mean, you know, they, you're there experiencing a worship concert with Hillsong in a movie theater and it's really moving. I mean, it's really good. Yeah. Okay. In case you missed it, Chipotle is teaming up with Google's parent company. They call it ABC or Alphabet or something. I don't know. Anyway, to make burrito delivery drones. Oh, wow. Uh, We're all food is going to be delivered. The initiative is called Project Wing, and it's uh, a unit of of Alphabet, of uh, Google's parent company, Uh, and they are testing new burrito uh, drone delivery service on the campus of Virginia Tech. Customers can place orders online, and uh, a nearby food truck will prepare the meals. A burrito-equipped drone will then be sent out, which will lower the burrito to customers with a winch. Even the FAA has signed off on the pilot project. Um, yeah, no, no play on words. <laughs> nice like, do you do you stand and just like catch it in the air? Do they drop it on your front step and then let you know no, no, that it's no. there? You, you, what they do is you, you stand there looking skyward with your mouth open. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel like this is going to involve a lot of people getting hit in the head with 
burritos. Uh, the director of the project, Mark Blanks, told Bloomberg, this is the most complex delivery flight operation that I am aware of that's occurred on U.S. soil. Okay. So. Has anybody ever had food delivered to them now yet? I've heard of them about this enough. I feel like I would have seen something by now. Right, we heard Domino's is delivering. A lot of people are delivering food by air. I have yet to see a in drone. In other countries Connor. and stuff, like New Zealand yeah. and all that. Oh, yeah. So you think this is some sort of conspiracy cover-up, Eddie? No, no, no. I'm saying I hear a lot of these stories, and I would love to see it happen. I would love. Yeah, a lot of hype, a lot of anticipation. You're saying just get it. <laughs> just cry or get off the pot is what you're saying It to the drone delivery Yeah, it makes industry. me want to eat Chipotle again. Right. 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 You know where you know it would be a terrible idea, Eddie, to, to implement this, and maybe you can cover this on, on season five of the main thing live, after the Hoda. Uh, I know exactly season. what you're going to say. Let's say it at the same time. Live <laughs> lobster, lobster delivery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lobster drums. Live, but it's pre-cooked, so you got to get out of the way. You're going to be clogged. You can order a fresh one, too. No, no. Here's what they do. You, you know, here's how this technology is going to work. Because, mm-hmm. like, the thing, the whole point of, <laughs> of like picking the lobster out of a tank is it's fresh, right? right it's like, fresh. that's the whole point of eating it, it, like a lobster. You want a fresh lobster. So, if it's zooming around for half an hour, right. yeah. it's not fresh anymore. No, no, that's right. So, what you do is you order the lobster, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I, the, Eddie, pitch this to the main thing producers because you could do a whole behind the technology sequence. Okay, here's how it's going to work. You go, you go on your app and you pick a live lobster from a live cam in a tank, right? right. And I want a big one. The drone plucks it. It flies it over and it doesn't drop it to you. It drops it in. You have a boiling pot ready and the winch just loads it right go. in. You don't have to look at the dehumanizing act of lowering a lobster in a tank. It's you know, perfect. Down it goes. It is perfect. I think that's a great idea. You just, the only thing is when you order your lobster, you have to have the exact coordinates of where your boiling pot of water is in your no, front yard. Other knows, than that, it's totally easy. It knows because the lobster kind of tugs on the chain and says, all right, down we go. I've, <laughs> I know exactly. I feel the heat. Feel the steam. Yeah. So the, I mean, I can't really picture too much going wrong with live lobsters being flown around on drones and people leaving boiling pots all over their yard. Yeah. I mean, literally, this is the perfect plan. It's efficiency. That's main thing, season eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to come out of the gate with 10 seasons minimum. Yeah. <laughs> if, there's anything, if there's anything people want, it's well over 100 hours of main thing. <laughs> um, Rel Art's going to do gonna the work for us. He's going to spend more time. There's going to be more hours of main thing podcast and actual time that Eddie has spent in Maine. It's something. <laughs> oh, there's already. Yeah, I mean, I was only there a couple days. We've already done pre-production on at least 32 hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that'll do it for In Case You Missed It. Okay. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. to Rory. Love Rory. And Jaden Smith. That's 
Big Willie Styles uh, kid. Yeah, uh, the song is losing it's your an mind. Interesting pairing. Yeah, it's it's amazing pairing. The song is losing your mind. It's from the Suicide Squad soundtrack, which is phenomenal. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Young the Giant with something to believe in, because it had this kind of like Christian illusion, whether they meant to or not. So, uh, you're gonna see Young the Giant in the next issue of Relevant, actually. Okay, yeah, great band. It's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? Okay, so you guys may have remembered in the last two election cycles something called Pulpit Freedom Sunday. Does that ring any bells to you guys? If not, I'll give you a little refresher. Why don't you give us the refresher? Pulpit Freedom Sunday? Yeah, so it's called Pulpit Freedom Sunday, and basically it was an initiative to have Is that when the the pastor wouldn't preach from behind the podium, but he would like do do it uh, in the altar area or down front like to be casual? Yeah, well, he would get a chair, spin it backwards. Right. Okay. Right. Catch have this. some real talk. So here's what's funny. Have some real talk. He have a cup of coffee right there too. I mean, it's it's it ain't even a sermon. It's a conversation. It's a conversation. Guys. We're just right. what's it's 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 half hour doing life is right. what it is. Right. Got it. What's right. weird is he's holding a staff, but other than that, it's totally cash. Right. Yeah. It's it's a total. It's a it's a cash thing. No. So it was an initiative for uh, that tried to get pastors around the country to to, to sign up during a single Sunday and challenge what's called the Johnson Amendment. And that was an amendment that was passed back in the 50s that makes it illegal for pastors to make political endorsements or do anything that looks like they're doing work for a political campaign from the pulpit. They risk, if they do it, they risk losing their tax-exempt status. Uh, So there's a group of pastors around the country who don't want this amendment to exist anymore. So every year, every election cycle, they actively challenge it with this, what they call Pulpit Freedom Sunday. Well, uh, Lifeway recently did some research to find out if churchgoers even want to hear uh, pastors talking politics from the pulpit. And they found that overwhelmingly 79% of this is, of this is Americans. This isn't pastors. 79% of Americans think it's inappropriate for pastors to endorse a candidate in church. So these pastors are trying to do something, which evidently, uh, their congregants don't even want. Uh, one of the the directors of Lifeway Research said Americans already argue about politics enough outside the church. They don't want pastors bringing those arguments into worship. So it's a, it's a little bit controversial because they might try uh, Pulpit Freedom Sunday again this year uh, and, and try to challenge this Johnson Amendment. And what they're trying to do is when pastors preach these sermons, they want the IRS to try to take away one of their tax exempt statuses to bring it to court to try to get it overturned but so far the irs hasn't really taken the bait but again according to this new research americans don't even want that anyway can i i mean can i dial me back in if this is just too far no no let's i'm ready for a legit hot take eddie well okay (laughs) this makes me yeah this makes me want to feel upset i I hope that every pastor's (laughs) participating in this puts it like on the church sign out front so i know what churches to avoid like the plague exactly if your church is a part of this go find a new church go find a new church. this is cancer like terrible yeah this is so one Okay, even that you're using the pulpit in that way, I, I could go either way about it. I wouldn't because I don't think it's particularly helpful, but if you want to... How's it going to help people find Jesus? Yeah, I, I'm not even saying this with any political viewpoint. Like, I don't see how whatever your viewpoint is, how this is a helpful use of the 30 minutes that you have been given up there on a Sunday. I, I feel like it just... And where's the biblical precedence for this, too? I mean, just the yeah, role a, a, of the a, pastor. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's terrible. 
It's crazy. Well, I think there's some. I think there's some place for not on a Sunday morning, but I think for a church, if they want to be involved in like a dialogue of yes both sides, I think that's important in terms of having a space for your church to be involved in the community. And I think a lot of people feel like I don't know what to do. I don't know who to vote for. And the church could be a place of if you're trying to have both sides representative, um, having a good discussion. But yeah, having a pastor be like. <laughs> It, from a place of influence, be like, this is my opinion, then obviously that's a lot of people are just going to follow what they do blindly. Plus, I just love how they are so uh, blatantly and brazenly challenging the IRS, yet pastors make a ton, like little little pastors that just are living on nothing, make a ton of money off the IRS because of the tax allowances that they're given as pastors. Like they are just biting the hand that feeds them. And this just feels hypocritical. Like the whole well, thing. That, that's the thing. That, that's the thing because the, the argument is, well, I shouldn't have my freedom of speech restricted. And saying it's not having your freedom of speech restricted. It's saying that if you want to do that, then you don't get the tax exemption. Exemption. Like you can pay full taxes and yeah. basically set up a political group Go if you it. want, but the, the church isn't the place to do that. They could never possibly. Yeah. This is well, I think Jesse, your 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 main point is the bigger one that pastors need to listen to, which is nobody wants you to do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I understand what you said about having a discussion. I feel like we should hit the ask Rick Warren button right now because he did that really well. Like two thousand eight, right? Yeah. He. But he didn't do it on the, in 2008. He had uh, both uh, Obama and McCain on the stage of the church, not right. in a debate. It was two separate conversations back to back, and it was civil. It was respectful. Uh, he mm-hmm. believed, like, yeah, we need to talk to these you know leaders about issues that matter to the church, mm-hmm. and we need to have a different conversation than would happen in a debate uh, mm-hmm. setting. And so he did that, but he didn't do it on Sunday morning. And he also yeah. didn't say, and now that we've talked about them, here's how to vote. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and exactly. I, and I, I do even think, you know, I don't want to go to extreme. Like there, I could even see a scenario where there's room for a pastor to talk on Sunday about an election that they feel is important or issues that they feel are important. I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't love my pastor to do it, but okay. Are you saying like if there's like a city (sighs) ordinance up for a vote that like could negatively affect the fabric of our community? Or I just want to like even just cut cross denominational cross the spectrum of different kinds of churches. There may be pastors that get up there and say, I'm going to vote for this person because I think it's a little bit out. I, I, I don't love that, but I, I still think they have the right to do that. But to do this, like taking a strong stance against the 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 government and the IRS, just seems like yeah. okay. You're going from using your pulpit responsibly to taking a stand things that are not. Uh, I don't know the main thing. And like Joy said, it's a stand <laughs> that no one who is actually going to the church even wants. Yeah, right. Well, there's that twenty one percent of the people yeah. who want it. Right. 21%. Yeah. 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 The, the, a small you know minority. Well, and that's and that's all the pastors that voted. No, I was and, <laughs> and uh, after pastors start doing this, that's about who's going to stay left in their church. So, I mean, they'll yeah. chase off the fair-minded seventy-nine percent. That's right. Yeah, because so. they, at the end of the day, then you don't have churches anymore. You have political organizations. You yeah. know, you have you have basically extensions Jesse, of political that's campaigns. The se- not the Great Commission. It's the Pretty Great Commission. It's mm-hmm. it's, um, it's the All Right that, Commission. The All Right Commission. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> tell people how to vote. That's, yeah. that's the calling <laughs> and purpose of the, the Pretty Great Commission. Well, yeah. and one of the reasons that I think it might be good for right. churches, again, not on a Sunday night, um, but to do something on a different night where you invite 
local politicians in maybe to do a Q and A or something like that. Is it actually shows the politicians, like it's a way for the church to say, Hey, we care. We want to ask questions. We want to be involved. We want to build relationships. So I think in that regard, it's important for the church to get involved and be a voice. Yeah. Seriously. Everybody just meet up at Jason's deli afterwards. That's where all church people go, <laughs> man, we'll get some ice cream and just have a talk about it. You know, it. they get that free, they get that free saucer of going oh, on Sundays. <laughs> Woo. You go to Jason's deli after church? No, but all Christian. Other Tijuana Christians Flats. do. Yeah. Once you go to Tijuana Flats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's your one. I we went to a, there was a taco place around the corner from our old church for a while. We went to, that was nice. Yeah. Now we're, it's all lobster. <laughs> oh, we go to the nearest I, lobster via place. Via drone. Via dr- I, I, drone. I only lobster. go, after church, I only go to places that has a waiter so that I can leave them a tip that is better than money. Oh yeah. It's a Bible, it's a Bible verse. On the oh, it's a track. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I just, I just had a visual of Eddie walking out of the church service, just carrying a, a bucket of boiling hot water. And people are like, Eddie, why does Eddie have a boiling bucket of hot water? And he steps out of church and a lobster just yep. drops from the sky. I, yep. And down it comes. <laughs> I was, I, I waited tables in college and uh Sunday, man, Sunday lunch was like the death sentence yeah. because the Christians would not, tip and yeah. i mean it's not even just a cle- i mean it's real no oh, yeah waiters dislike it and then all the staff knew that i was a christian so like they made like you know what i mean like they were mad at me they because know? of my uh, people yeah they know because you gave them uh, yeah. all tracks because i wwjd <laughs> bracelets i think cameron my thing is not i'm not cheap i'm taking a biblical standard and i hold them i i i, I hold my wait staff to an incredibly high spiritual standard and if i feel like they don't <laughs> met it i pass judgment and my judgment is, is in the form of a very very low tip <laughs> <laughs> i just don't i don't understand that I feel, but yeah i'm just saying it's a real thing <laughs> Oceans yeah. is actually the uh, the theme of Main Thing. It was a uh, kind of a joke from about twenty minutes ago, but it just happened, so I didn't I didn't want to lose it. And Chandler, you can edit that in to oh, time it perfectly. Yeah, right. And if you could also add in a nice laugh track too, Perfect. maybe one of Shauna's laughs. I always liked her; she had a nice. No, laugh. you could you add in it. after that. You could have a Hoda saying, "I just really wanted to laugh at that." You see, the joke is that uh, lobsters live in the ocean. All right, what do you have, Joy? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you end a slice. <laughs> um, all right. So question, any of you, I don't know actually if you're allowed to divulge this on the podcast, but have any of you spent a night in jail? Uh, no, nope. nope. Anything similar? Like what I think this is a pretty I got a ticket once. I mean, does, does Hey, joy, ticket? does Disney jail count? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Legally, I can't, I can't say what transpired there. And if it was more than in fact, one night, but, uh, continue. <laughs> have you joy? No, I haven't. But we were, I was with some friends the other night and we were talking about how we hope that the question was, do you think you've done the worst thing you'll ever do in your life? Or do you think that's in the future? Yeah, really weird conversation. No, we were talking about how we hope that none of us had spent a night in jail, but we were hoping to one day spend a night in jail, but for having done something really good. Do you guys, are you on board with that? I I think you're misunderstanding how jail works. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because it's not like everybody's like, hey, what's up? Let's, you know, sing songs and stuff. It's like a pretty rough thing. 
Totally. But if you were there for like standing up for justice or something that was right, I feel like it would be oh, worth it. There was, t- okay. there was a time that yeah. people were going to jail for feeding the homeless in Orlando. Did you know? Did you hear about that? Really? Yeah, really? yeah a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's, it's uh city ordinance and the like Lake Eola and the major parks and stuff. Wow. It's in, in, it was against the law to feed the homeless because they didn't want to attract um, homeless to God. the park areas. They're not yeah. ducks. They're people. And so a lot yeah. of the uh, hipster resistance people would go and set up buffets and we're getting arrested. Yeah. Oh, I'd get arrested for that. See? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. See? Okay. Well, this slice is not related to that spending a night in jail cry. for doing something good at all. However, uh, Lawrence John Ripple, who is a 70-year-old man in Kansas City, did go to jail because he went to the bank in Kansas City and he passed a note to the bank teller and he said, I have a gun and I want some cash. So she gave him, she filled a bag with like $3,000 worth of money. And then she, he, he uh, went and sat down in the lobby, just sat down, didn't run away, didn't have a mask, nothing, just sat down in the lobby. And he waited for the cops to come because... He was trying to get away from his wife, and he decided that spending wow. time. Wow, yes. wow, that's insane. He's kind. I can't tell if I like feel bad for him or if he's just yeah. this terrible man that's trying to shame his wife. But apparently, they got into a big fight over the dryer, like him fixing the dryer or something. Uh, okay, now that's and kind of making sense. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Wait, no, I have done this before." <laughs> Joy, you know what's but, weird? It's a very similar circumstance that ended with me staying three nights in a Disney jail. It's so weird that this <laughs> happened to him, too. It's a really lovely jail. It's well-appointed. The problem with Disney jail is that it has just a constant quiet loop of Disney music in the yeah. background. It's a small world on repeat. Yeah, at first it makes you yeah. feel warm and comfortable, but by like three in the afternoon, <laughs> you're just begging for God's silence. And oddly, every night at 3.47 a.m., there's a blood-curdling <laughs> scream. How? Sounds like Minnie Mouse. So yeah, he sat down. They were in a fight. He sat down in front of his wife and wrote the note and said, I would rather be in jail than spend any more time with you. And yeah, 70 year old man. And you know, maybe maybe he figured like, hey, three hot meals a day too. You know, I don't know. Couldn't have been his first time in jail though. You got to feel like he's like, all right, I'm going home. Yeah, (laughs) I'm going back where my only friends are. I mean, there's other options if you don't want to be with your wife. You could just like Like, drive away on a road trip or like just you don't have to like get arrested. Felony. Exactly. That's why I kind of feel like he's kind of trying to shame her. But they've been married for 33 years. And I, he just, yeah, I don't that know. Is a long this time. Is a while. Yeah. That poor sweet teller, though. Can, can I, I give won't. you guys a piece of advice should you ever find yourself in Disney jail? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had heard, I had heard the best thing to do to survive <laughs> is when you get there, find the biggest, toughest guy in there and pick a fight. Yeah. And show everyone that you mean business and that you're the boss. That was terrible advice. <laughs> Because that that twelve year old that was in there for stealing a t shirt. Yeah. So now he, you're so now you're in Disney jail beating up a twelve year old because you misunderstood well, was, the advice. That was that was the plan. Yeah. But this kid I think he studied MMA because yeah, the boots he used on me. I was hurt very badly. So now I'm in Disney jail for two nights and it hurt. So, that's not great advice. Man, well, that's just crazy. That poor guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. You, you got to just well, feel poor like poor guy. Me- poor. I mean, the whole thing. Yes and no. He did it to himself. I don't feel that bad for him. Three thousand though is the going rate, huh? Yeah, I felt like it. Me, I felt like it probably was more money than he expected to get, and I feel like at that moment he might have been like, "Do I want to take off with this?" Or you know, but he didn't. He really wasn't worth it to him. Oh, note to self. All right. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's in my lineup. I know what's coming. Okay. It's time for <laughs> Eddie's slice. Oh. The return <laughs> of Revelation. Revelations. <laughs> for those of you who may be new R- to real the quick, show, yeah. real quick, can I, yeah. is there? Do we need to give like a heresy trigger warning here? I, I was about to say, for those of you who are new to the show, every once in a while, I find a news story that is just so disturbing that it can only mean that possibly we're we're looking down the barrel at some end time prophecy (laughs) now there is no biblical backing so for those that have gotten offended before and said hey i actually believe in this feel free not to email me although i've probably blocked half of you but for those of you that are left just know that every once in a while i run across the story that i think makes us all wonder exactly like where we're at in terms of tribulation and horsemen and all those sorts of things Gosh, everybody's getting real quiet. Tim Lay just passed away, so I I don't know who to ask. I I love this segment because everybody just goes quiet and makes me hang out there alone. We just uninstalled our Tim Lay (laughs) button. He asked. I I didn't think I needed to ask Tim Lay button. Do we still have the Ask Jerry Jenkins button? He just wrote the story. the The theology was Tim Lay. Oh, now that's interesting. I would love to have seen version one. Where it's just like, for some reason, a guy's on a plane. <laughs> it crashes. I can't tell you why. See if you can find any reason why. I think it was the other way. I think Tim wrote like a theology essay, and oh. then Jerry added all the fictional oh, man. drama. Revelation, yeah, and, revelation. Yeah, and the notes that said, you know, this character to one day be played by Nicolas Cage. Right. And <laughs> um, now, this is enough of a story to make Hoda even almost cry. But uh, <laughs> Revelation, Revelation. An underwater microphone, oh, I regret this every time I started, has picked, <laughs> has picked up two dolphins, seemingly carrying on a conversation as if they were people. What? Mm-hmm. The researchers in Russia recorded a pair of black sea bottlenose dolphins in a pool, and it sounded as if they were chatting quite politely at that. Each dolphin would listen to the other dolphin and not interrupt until the other one was done speaking. While That's rec- not new. While researchers have known for a while that dolphins can communicate via clicks or whistles, Joy, oh, Joy, can we hear some? You know a lot of dolphin, don't you, Joy? Yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. Right. Perfect. While researchers have known that they can talk like hey, that. Joy, how dare you? Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> I, I, ho- I, hope those, I hope these Russian dolphins don't have as filthy of a mouth as you do. <laughs> the researchers said that the two dolphins could form sentences of up to five words, though the scientists had no idea what they were talking about. The dolphins' communication skills have, quote, all the design features present in the human spoken language. I'm just saying <laughs> dolphins are about to take over. How does that make you feel? I I, I mean, they are smart. It doesn't surprise me, but I'm saying, but I'm saying if, have you read the whole left behind series? Oh, no, so are you suggesting the that the dolphins, dolphins are, are like the locusts or something? This is, 
It's exactly what I'm suggesting, and I'm surprised you knew it without me saying it. It kind of feels like you're on the same wavelength <laughs> and agree with me totally. Dolphins are taking it over. Well, do we have a <laughs> do we have a clip so I can decipher? No, no, no. This is. We'll all <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the dolphin singing. I don't think you could have picked a better moment to pull the ripcord. I think that was a good thing. So, you Eddie, should, Cameron, you should have asked him a follow up and then start playing. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. I just put more. Eddie, this is super interesting. Can you tell me whereabouts in Russia they are? Yeah. I wish we. <laughs> anyway, just know dolphins are talking. Uh, if we remember from the ten year episode, episode, go back and listen to that. Uh, the animals are organizing. Yeah. That's kind of my main theory. Well, last week you haven't heard the show, but uh, no, I wasn't on it. I, uh, I, I Jesse brought the slice that there's a, yeah. a the guy who does the Roomba, yeah. I, the company iRobot. Yeah, he's made um, robots to uh, entertain, swim around the oh, Caribbean. Yeah. That's right. To kill all the lionfish That's that right. are yeah, overtaking. Radicate. You know, so it's yeah. going to shoot them with lasers and darts. Right. So the robots are going to form an uprising. So we have the animals speaking and organizing. Mm-hmm. We have the robots taking over. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the end times are supposed to look like, but if it doesn't look like that, then robot lasers and do- like like dolphins riding on the robots, right, taking over the ocean. The apocalypse. So you're on thinking land. you're thinking of some unholy alliance. Cameron. Oh, of course. Everybody but people because are the in dolphins on have to that's weaponize. Probably, that's probably that's what, what they were talking about. That's what I'm saying. The dolphins are going to weaponize. Right. They're going to co-opt these robots and yeah. then ride them. And and Joy, just one more time. Can I hear your dolphin squeak? <laughs> you have that to is, beat that out. That, that is. That, that <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. That, just when I thought you couldn't say anything filthy. more horrible, that than was you did. filthy. That was really. I like can't even believe you said that. Like on you know, on a clean. On yeah, not not like a children friendly show, Joy. I mean, uh, honestly, I yeah, I'm a fan. I'm curious what what chapter in the Left Behind uh, book was the dolphin chapter? Right towards the end, right towards the end of the whole. You, you series. read them, right? Yeah. And did they did they say did the dialogue involved the things that I just said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nikolai Carpathia was actually the king of the dolphins. No, the person's name is not Nikolai Carpathia. It is. That is the guy that is in char- that is the bad guy. Eddie, how did you read? Please tell me you read the entire. Oh Left yeah, Behind oh yeah. Series. I read the whole Left Behind series. I on the way. I haven't read it on the way, on the way to and from out. Hawaii. Yeah, I've read the whole thing. Wait, what? Yeah, I was. That's, on what, a, that's what they were doing on their main vacation. I was on a flight to Hawaii when when they came out. I was like a teenager, and everybody was reading them, and I had the whole series, and I read them all on the way there and back. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Isn't that isn't that the beginning of them that they're on an airplane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The airplane's crashing as I'm in an airplane. Hey, were you freaking out? No, not really, because I was reading a fiction book. That's that's. Uh, I mean, uh, I wasn't. That's, well, I um, when I went to Rwanda for the first time, mm-hmm. I wasn't well prepared. It was a last minute trip, and yeah. so to catch up, I was watching Hotel Rwanda yeah. on the plane. Yikes! That, don't do that. No, yeah, no, because that's actually real. All yeah. that's real. No, I know. And then when I landed, uh, <laughs> my group was at this other hotel, but because uh, I was a last minute addition, they mm-hmm. got me a room at the Hotel Mikulin, no. the hotel, and I was staying there by no myself. Way. Really? Yes. I think that Did you feel awesome. a little weird watching it on the airplane? Dude, with, surrounded by Rwandans? Yes. Oh, yes. Rwandans? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. w- you could, could you not hit stop? Oh, 
I didn't. I again had never seen it. So I mean, I, I yes, he's on I mean, a Zoom. I'm closing the laptop lid. I'm like, I, I was. It was mortifying. He was on a Zoom. That was one of its big downfalls. There was only a play. You could never stop media once it started. So you just gotta watch it. It was on. It doesn't have earbuds. It plays at full volume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With a warning yeah. buzzer for everyone to watch your screen. They're like the new iPhone, the Zoom had no ear jack. It just blasted at full volume with no yeah. stop. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for slices. Uh, stay tuned. Up next, Lauren Daigle joins us. Listening to Blood Orange. The song is best mm, to you. Tasty. That's probably my favorite of all the oranges. Blood Orange is also in Eddie's smoothie this morning. Interesting fact. <laughs> Since her debut album last year, Lauren Daigle has taken the worship scene by storm. She's won double awards for New Artist of the Year and Song of the Year, and she even received a Grammy nomination. Lauren stopped by the Relevant Studio last week and performed uh, several songs for us. We actually also uh, did an interview with her, and we will play that on a future show. Um, but she introduces each song and, and tells kind of the story behind it. Here is Lauren Daigle. I was just fresh into Nashville. I had just moved into Nashville and started the whole writing process. And um, I met this guy. His name is Michael Farron. And we sat down, and he was telling me the story about this guy that his daughter was dating and how he was kind of in the tension of being her dad but like trying to let her go and how he wasn't sure about this this fella that she was meeting and so uh I said well you know I've had experiences like that in my lifetime as well where my dad's kind of like trying to let me go or whatever and we kind of started talking about the story of the prodigal son through that and just about all the friends that I had left behind that we're back in Louisiana that we're kind of, you know, living all different types of lifestyles and how God's timing is perfect for each one of his children. And so as we started to uncover the story of the prodigal son, we brought up the passage in Ezekiel 37 that talks about the story of the dry bones, where Ezekiel is standing before this valley of dry bones. And um, God says, hey, Ezekiel, speak to these bones and watch me breathe on them. When God breathes on them, an army stands up. And in relation to the prodigal son, we were talking about how a lot of people become prodigals because just places of their hearts become dry. And um, the power that God has to breathe on them can make any dead heart come alive. And so um, as we look at these stories, what is the role that the church is supposed to take on? And a lot of times when we see our dear friends step away from God who have been involved in church or been involved in the faith for years and years and years and they make some crazy decision and then it brings them to this trajectory of, of um, heartache, we as Christians can sometimes be judgmental or critical. 
and kind of point the finger and ridicule their decisions and things like that. But um, we just believe that this song and this passage was not um, a call for the church to stand in scrutiny of those people, but instead to stand and intercede on behalf of our brother and believe that God's timing is perfect and will prevail in every person's life and that He alone, when He breathes, has the power to make all things come alive. So that's what this song's about, and it's called Come Alive. so much we have lost as we look down the road where all the prodigals have walked and one by one the enemy has whispered lies and let them off as slaves oh oh but we know that you are god yours is the victory and we know there is more to come that we may not yet see so with the faith you've given us we'll step into the valley unafraid as we call out to dry bones come alive come alive and we call out Come alive, come alive, oh A part of the ashes that is seeing on me rise Oh, we call out to dry bones, come alive yeah. Oh, God of in Mercy, God, of unrelenting love Come rescue every daughter Bring us back the wayward sons And by your Spirit breathe upon them Show the world that you alone can save Oh, you alone can save As we call out to dry bones Come alive, come alive of God, now breathe, oh breath of God, breathe, oh breath of God, now breathe, yeah. come breathe, oh breath of God, now breathe, oh breath of God, breathe, oh breath of God, now breathe, oh, oh. come breathe, oh breath of God, now breathe,
That was Lauren Daigle. Make sure to check out her album, How Can It Be? It's out now. Christine and the Queens. The song is tilted. Well, this week's feature interview is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Building a site with Squarespace, super easy. The best. Super beautiful. They have the best templates in the entire industry. You can customize them however you want. If if you're a coder and you want to go crazy, go nuts. If you're not, you want to play nice with the pretty, you you can play nice. Yet, even if you go (laughs) in and try to break it, they still don't let you fully break it. You can't mess it up. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. And, uh, and if you well, <laughs> and if you're entrepreneurial and you yeah. want to sell some stuff, yeah. they have seamless commerce tools um, where you can do your online store, and then through Squarespace, you can actually track inventory, process the orders, and mm-hmm. even send the custom emails in one intuitive interface. You can sign up and start building your site for free, no commitments required. Uh, but if you sign up for a year, you get a custom domain included for free. If you go to squarespace.com right now and enter offer code relevant, you will get 10% off your first purchase. Go do it, squarespace.com, offer code relevant. Hassan Minaj is a senior correspondent for The Daily Show. He started with Jon Stewart and now works with Trevor Noah. Unlike most comedians, Hassan's reason for getting into comedy is bigger than making people laugh. He grew up here in the U.S. uh, in an Indian Muslim home where he experienced systemic and cultural racism firsthand. Mm. He uses comedy to address injustices and inequalities he sees in the world around him. But he says he's not a social warrior. It's more complicated than that. Right now, Hassan is touring the country doing a one-man show that mixes his stand-up with stories from growing up uh, as an immigrant in the U.S. The show is called Homecoming King, and it's receiving all kinds of critical acclaim. Our very own Aaron Hambury sat down with Hassan recently to talk about his comedy, Race in America, and Social Change. Here's part of that conversation. Hassan, I read that um, you were in college actually studying like political science and had done like some speech and your 
career trajectory was was not comedy at all. So, I mean, how did you get here? Yeah, in high school, I really, like, I was pretty active in speech and debate. And I actually never was really super into stand-up comedy per se. And then when I went to college, we were sort of the T3 generation. So Kazaa and Napster and sort of downloading, <laughs> illegally downloading entertainment was like a big deal. Um, and it was a big thing that a lot of us did. A buddy of mine had downloaded a bunch of comedy and I, like, I went into his dorm room um, and, I, and he was watching stuff and I was like, yeah, this, is, this doesn't, this, you know, I don't, I don't really care for this. But then I sat down and watched um, Chris Rock's special Never Scared with him. And I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. Um, and what I saw in it is basically stand-up was funny speech and debate. And I thought that's a pretty brilliant way to talk about things that matter to you. And I, I kind of got hooked from that point on. So was your goal then to just uh, you do comedy like as a side project and eventually you'd be in politics? Or what, what was the goal when you first set out? You know what? I just I my initial goal was to just get good at it. That's really I mean that's all. You, I, like I was just like, can I do this? Can I get on stage? Can I be funny? And then after that, it was like, okay, maybe maybe this could be more. And stand up is one of those things where it really is like becoming a blacksmith. Like you build your craft one minute, one joke at a time. So it was about building five minutes, then ten minutes, then thirty minutes. Then can I headline? And that, that's really what it, what it was. And it, and it wasn't until like after I had been doing it for a few years that that was even an idea. Something you've been talking about that's fascinating to me is this connection between comedy and even politics, like you initially set out to explore. Um, and you mentioned Chris Rock, of course, you know, his comedy and is famous for the way it'll comment on society, right? Social commentary from, from a microphone, um, not necessarily from a politician. Can you tease out a little more from your perspective and in your career, the connection between those two, between uh, comedy and, and social change? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, one of the most powerful things in stand-up versus, say, or satire versus, say, television or movies, per se, is that it's it's pretty raw and unfiltered. And, you know, the comedian is basically like the court jester that's standing on the sidelines of the game that is American politics or life and is saying, hey, this is just what I'm noticing and this is what I'm seeing. And it's pretty powerful because we are not towing any lines. We're not representatives for any network or um, religious institution or political organization. So we can pretty much say anything. And there's, some, there's, there's a tremendous amount of power and danger in that freedom. What's the danger? You know, I think I think words can be can be hurtful. I think words can be destructive. I think rhetoric can be scary. And I think this election is a prime example of that where, you know, sure, Donald Trump says that he's just cracking jokes and he's making fun of women's parents or he's, you know, he's talking about building a wall. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. These things will change. These things will evolve. Those are just words, but they, they could potentially lead to action. I think that's where it can get dangerous. Just about every society, at least within Western culture, has seen or struggled with or at least acknowledged this kind of tension between, you know, a heavy world with very serious things happening in it um, and comedy. And they kind of coexist in this space Uh, in our own country. Gosh, I mean, look back to uh, late 2014 
maybe even further back and all the way up to now. And, and there's a lot of cultural angst, right? I mean, there's, there's um, race relations issues. There's internationally ISIS. Um, there's divisive politics going on and all these things, right? And, and I remember from an interview you did with Invisibilia, you've talked about some of the direct racism your family faced as, a, yeah. as an immigrant family in the United States, right? So these are serious things. And then, yeah, there's comedy. So is comedy part of the solution to a heavy world or is it a distraction from it? What, what's the place? How, how does uh, these real world issues interface with comedy? It's interesting because no individual piece of music or art or joke can enact social change. The necessary condition for social change is the action and the actions of the people. Um, all, all art and comedy and music and film and television, all it can do is cast a light on the issue. And what all we're hoping as artists is that we're hoping that the timing aligns itself in such a way that the thing that we're bringing up strikes at this lightning bolt moment where not only is it relevant in the zeitgeist, but people find a connection to that piece of art and it inspires them to do something and actually take action. That's really, that's really what you hope for. Oftentimes it doesn't happen that way because of just timing or what the way people receive it. Um, so that, that's as far as sort of a, a, a joke or satire can go. Um, but I do think that one thing that it can do and it has the ability to, to, do, to do is to start a conversation. And whether it was like, you know, the speech that I did for Congress or, um, or my one-man show, it's to start a dialogue and to humanize it through my own personal experiences. Well, speaking of the personal side of entertainment, there is something I kind of want to talk to you about. Um, I've observed over the past, you know, several years, and I'm, I'm not the only one, certainly, um, but a, a shift in comedy particularly, but even probably pop culture more largely. It wasn't that long ago that topics of faith in particular and even more personal side of life stuff was off topic for those in pop culture, right? Um, you might make fun of people of faith uh, or poke fun at, you know, the conservative Christian or, or whatever it is. Um, but you didn't certainly didn't talk about it in terms of your own faith. That's all stopped recently. I mean, we've seen guys like Aziz Ansari or Stephen Colbert, Jim Gaffigan, all talk pretty intimately about, you know, their own faith and how that interacts with their work and entertainment. We've seen um, all kind of artists on the music side, be it Kendrick Lamar or Chance the Rapper or uh, Samir from Young the Giant, these people wrestling with their own faith and how it plays out today. Um, so what, what's the shift, do you think? Yeah, I think I think that now that we live in a time where people really want to know who you are, and I think there's that there is that sort of demand from fans to they want you know they want to feel something that is authentic, and I think I think that's fair. Um, I it would be tragic if I had to like put on a mask and be some other version of myself, um, and I think. Uh, I think the fear that a lot of people had in regards to talking about their faith or their spirituality or things that they believed in, believe in uh, is, is the fact that, oh, I would be lumped. Um, I would be, you know, I would be painted with a broad brush that would lump me in with uh, people that I may, I may disagree with. 
as we talked about just a little bit ago, I mean, you grew up seeing firsthand like racism directed toward your family. I want to talk a little bit about the interview you did with NPR's Invisibilia. They were talking to you about kind of the way you saw the world versus the way your dad saw the world and how these things were racially charged would be directed at your dad and he would just kind of see the bright side. Um, and, and you were contrasting that to, you know, the culture now to where every single thing that somebody can get mad about, they do get mad about. And, and I'm not talking just race. I'm talking about kind of everything. There's a cultural outrage kind of at large and it can be any in any sphere what was so interesting to me was your perspective in the whole thing um and if i if i heard you correctly you were saying that some of these racial injustices and societal injustices are really important but in some ways you wish you could care a little less about some of them than you do and and be a little more like your dad uh is that right um i think that (laughs) we live in an interesting time where you can literally get mad about like the minutia of life so I, w- I would just say, hey, pick and choose your battles. Like, that's my piece of advice. Like, are you as mad about, you know, the war in Iraq as you are about the KFC double down? Like, just pick and choose. Like, I think th- I think there's just things to, like, you know, are you as mad about gun violence as you are about the, oh, man, the way that TV series ended was horrible. Like, I, I would just say, like, I think we just need to do a, a better job of prioritizing our anger. Well, one more question for you, Hassan. Um, and, I mean, what are you working on? What do you have coming up? Yeah, so right now I am I'm going on a national tour of my one-man show, Homecoming King. And um, I'm really excited about that because sort of unlike the, the Daily Show stuff, which is very topical and it's very of the now, um, the, the one-man show is sort of like about like, my life growing up, um, uh, my family coming to America, uh, you know, falling in love, dealing with, you know, race, class, all of these things that come with the American dream. And, and, um, and, 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 and that, you know, looking at that through, through my lens as a first generation American. That was Hassan Minaj. Uh, make sure to check out his comedy tour. It's called homecoming King. And it's on the road now. Can I just say real quick that these are really great segments and I feel bad jamming episode one of main thing in here because it's <laughs> yeah. really getting overshadowed. It, it is really hard. I mean, these, these are fantastic segments. Like and then we got, we got the pilot of main thing, which I'll be honest, we were all excited for. And it really, it would really miss the mark. All right. Stay tuned up next. Lauren Daigle joins us again. Where we go. Song is singing low, which you heard at full volume. 
Uh, Lauren Daigle also sings at full volume. Uh, she she has an album coming out later this month. Did you know this? Uh, she has a Christmas jazz album. Uh, she's from New Orleans, and so she was really inspired by, um, you know, New Orleans jazz and everything growing up. And so she is doing a jazzy Christmas album this fall. So oh, that'll be neat. cool. Yeah, check that out. Um, I have a little surprise. She did three songs for us when she was here recording, and we have most of our artists do three songs when they come through. Uh, it's just so we can definitely get two good ones, you know, because there's always that third one that's just not quite as good as the other two. Yeah. So, it, you know, you know, quality control. That's why we do it. <laughs> not her. With Lauren... All, all three. We want to run all three. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So what, what we're going to do is yeah. actually we're going to close the show this week with Lauren's uh, third song. So stay tuned for that. Wow. Instead of doing just a little clip at the end, we're going to play the whole thing. It's, it's pretty great. Without any further ado, here is Lauren Daigle. This song is all about um, the story of God intersecting our story. And a lot of times we see God making these beautiful things out of the crazy messes that we create. And um, it's all about His power to come and redeem everything that we've made wrong. Um, And I've seen it thoroughly done in my life where I'm like, okay, I don't know if I made the right choice on that one, but He always has a way to just come and bring something beautiful and work all things out for the good. So that's what this song is all about. Take what is And you make it beautiful When love floods in We're restored forevermore We pray the prayer day to life with waves that pierce the dark with light only by the blood are we set free and with mercy strong to carry shame and nail it to a tree oh you alone hold the power to No guilt competes With innocence crucified Oh no No grave can hold What your grace has justified Oh yeah We bathe the breath The dark with light Only by the blood are we set free And with mercy strong to carry shame And nail it to a tree Oh, you alone Hold the power to redeem To rejoice Oh, child of God Oh, lift your eyes to see With every 
Sure to check out her Christmas jazz album when it comes out this fall. It ain't gangster. When you kick out, it's goodbye. I wanna kick the door because you make me cry, but it ain't gangster. It ain't gangster. Then I gonna hit the road by myself and I wonder if you wanna call me back tonight, but it ain't gangster. It ain't gangster. Got my fresh shoes on with my fresh cologne, baby. Won't you take me back into your own soul? To your own soul. Because your eyes cold, heart got me cold to the bone Baby, won't you take me back into your own zone? Into your own zone Into your own zone You're listening to Jerry Folk The song is I'm Honestly Not a Gangster which is what Jesse was yelling as he was carted off to Disney jail. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I know I said I was. Bring me the toughest guy in here right now. <laughs> Hello, sir. He, yeah, he, he, he karate shot me right in the nose, and it hurt like the dickens, and I cried for three nights. So thanks a lot, kid. All right, it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week, um, last week, if you didn't listen to uh, the show, um, this question will make absolutely no sense. <laughs> Um, a, a recurring uh, narrative throughout the episode was Jesse finding himself in a uh, situation where he had bought half a million pairs of goggles thinking he was ex- he was buying half a million shares of Google stock. Um, it, it literally happened to anyone. <laughs> so we asked you, what's the best way for Jesse to sell his overstock of goggles? You guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and you also posted your replies. You guys actually went and answered this question uh, at relevantmagazine.com. Here's a few of our favorites. <laughs> oh, so many favorites. Um, uh, Gregor said that I should modify them to fit ge- geese, find flocks of geese on the Google campus in their ponds, and then I will have Google's gaggle with goggles. Now, that doesn't help me sell them, Gregor. Like, at that point, I'm just doing more work and spending more money, but it is a funny thing to say. So, thanks, I guess. Kylie Daniel is lying, but it was hilarious all at the same time. I'm embarrassed to admit this, but years ago, I made an eerily similar search engine investment mistake. I'll spare you the details. But I'm currently figuring out how to sell a shipping container full of expired Yoohoo. 
Yoo-hoo. <laughs> Drew has a good one that I should. <laughs> this is sad because it's not that far from reality from, from things I've seen on TV. I could start my own televangelist ministry in exchange for seed money. I will offer new goggles of protection, the final piece of God's armor. <laughs> Honestly, real talk really that probably sell. It's already in the works. Yeah, I mean, the Bible. Isn't it weird that up to now the Bible's been mysteriously silent on eye protection? Mm, the final, pro- the final prophecy is here. And I'm up to my eyes in them. Uh, Ross said, "You got to spend money to make money, Jesse. What you're going to want to do is buy a few thousand swimming pools. Then you simply sell the pools at a bit of a markup with a buy one pool, get one goggle sale. People won't need goggles to see what a great deal that is. Yeah, that's right. That's good. I mean, I'm going to have to borrow a significant amount of money, uh, but uh, I've already done that for the goggle thing. So let's do this. Uh, this is a good one from Chris. Why not give your life? <laughs> oh, man. I'm getting baptized? Why not give your life to Jesus without <laughs> eye irritation? Introducing, <laughs> introducing baptism goggles. Oh, yeah. Baby size is also available so that, you know, whatever denomination. I'll just set, up, I'll just set up a little vendor booth right uh, well, at the altar. I don't see any problem. Here's the thing about that. baptism water. Give it to I me. Mean, I mean, it's like you're in a public pool. Hold on, hold on. You're in a, hold on. You're in a public pool. You're getting a... T- they overchlorinate because of all the shared things, you know, of having strangers in the same water, right? It's a overchlorinate. You go into a baptismal pool, yeah. they're not overchlorinating. So you don't know what's yeah. in that water. You need the eye protection or else you're going to get pink eye. Is what I because I, from, what, from what I understand, stagnant, lukewarm water yeah. is not the greatest place in the world to have lots of people just jumping in and out of. I, I will say any internal body of water gives me the willies. Like when you go to like a hotel and they have a pool inside, you're like, how is this getting clean? My, where I work out in the mornings has an indoor pool. Yeah, and and it just feels musty. You work out at the Hampton Inn. Hampton Inn, right? <laughs> <down> the <street. laughs> yeah. Good morning. Yeah, listen, they don't even check listen. ID. Hey. I mean, you just walk right yeah, in. Yeah, I was gonna mm-hmm. say. I was gonna say. I don't know how it happened, but uh, they never turned my room card off, yeah. so I'm getting free continental breakfast. Good morning, and, Mr. String. And like Thank you for part. being a valued Hilton Honors member. Please feel free to use the pool. The, the musty yeah, I, I'm, pool. I'm out of the pool, but uh, is there more waffle mix coming? I can't yeah. notice. We're running a little low today. Debbie, 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 how about those turkey sausages from the other day? Those were delish. Okay, I'll just sit here and have my paper. I'll be with you in a minute. I wonder if you could, like, if you live near, like, a courtyard by Marriott or whatever, if you could just like wander in there and have have uh, they don't check i think about that every single time i stay in a hotel and i'm like no one i didn't see anybody when i checked in last night at midnight i just walked in here got breakfast and walked away no one yeah no one knows me i've used the hot tub at hotels before you are an animal see this is one of those guys yeah like like a bunch of friends who go to i wonder if you could just walk into hotels too and just get free amenities kits like when you're out of razors and shaving creams and shower caps just Stop yeah. by a hotel. So just stop by you a hotel because you go to the front desk. You're like, hey, I, I need well, a toothbrush. Yeah, and like, oh, here you go. No problem. Right. Yeah, it's well, not like and you don't even have to lie. Yeah. See, not see the great it's thing a, about this is you don't have to compromise your morals. You could just tell them that you, I you need ran a out of soap. As long as that's true, <laughs> I just, it doesn't matter for staying <laughs> yeah. at the hotel. I, I, I actually <laughs> did leave my toothbrush at home. Yeah. So that's true. I left my shave kit at the house. <laughs> and then, oh, here's another shave kit. I want to I want to pose this as a question of the week for you. You of course approve this, but what would you think about the question of the week this week is Post a picture of whatever you can get in a hotel for free without lying. Without lying. 
Yeah, you can't go in yeah. and say, and oh, so I'm if, in if, room if, 307. If, if there is a sign yeah. at the pool around, and there's a gate and a sign that says, pool for hotel guests only you don't you get can't in. you can't do it because you are breaking yeah, a rule. No, yeah. or you but or you can walk yeah. up to the counter and say can i have a toothbrush and if they say what room you gotta say i'm, oh, not, I'm here. not staying here <laughs> but but <laughs> yeah but the chances are and now like 99 they're just gonna be like all right here's really or, or you just ignore you yes. just ignore the question you're like oh no i just need a little baby soap it's so weird uh, i think do you have any apple shampoo i kind of like uh, so deflecting. You can deflect the yeah, question. You, can deflect. You, can't, you cannot you lie. You cannot lie. You cannot break the rules. But what can you get from a hotel that is You know somebody's going to go to a, a, a Hampton Inn and, and send us a picture of a massive plate of waffles and stuff. Oh, yeah. Because, well, well, yeah okay, here's, here's a question you for you, You said run out to the here's car for a minute. I mean, you know, and then you yeah, just you walk, yeah. and then walk right back in. Eddie, Eddie here's yeah. a question for you. Let me hear this, you. this is just a moral gray area. You walk <laughs> in there and go, hi, I need three fresh towels right, right. <laughs> they hand you the fresh towels and you just walk out with them at that point i don't think it's theft uh, and you literally just walked up to someone and said i need three fresh towels they gave them to implied. you yeah it was a misunderstanding yeah. I, I, no. but as much as there's an implied <laughs> you can only take edible or disposable things well i think yeah i think there's an don't impli- take towels don't take towels don't 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 thieve I'm not. I'm not telling you to do. It. I'm just asking. At that point, I, I probably wouldn't feel that bad. Like someone, if good. I because if I walked up to someone on the street, yeah. just and just to a person and said, right. "Hi, I need three fresh towels," and that person happened to give me three fresh towels, transaction over. Those towels are mine. I don't Jesse, know. Here's, here's where I here's where I think it will all be okay. Yeah. If someone uh, goes and asks for three fresh towels, receives those towels, and just returns them a week later, then you're all good. Yeah, but they're all wet and dirty. I yeah, agree. Because they're in the musty that's, indoor pool. I want to yeah, just be really. Yeah, that's what you do yeah. at a hotel. You leave your towels around. You just we, walk into the lobby and throw them on the ground. I want to say this. <laughs> we have really passionate podcast listeners with a very low conscious conscience, <laughs> right? right? Don't break the law. Yes. Don't steal anything. But what can you do? Don't ask your pastor who to vote for. Yeah. I just want to clarify. Uh, man, don't do that. My <laughs> wife so I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A with my pastor. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Extra pickles. Deli, free soft serve. Man, I'm going to go there. Uh, hey, this is totally unrelated, and we cannot do it if you want. But we stopped doing relevant recommends on the podcast a while ago, and but rarely do I come across something that I have to endorse enthusiastically that I feel like our podcast listeners would want. Okay. Is it okay if I do that right now? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Do you guys know who John Benjamin is? He's a comedian. He's kind of a bit actor. Uh, you probably know if you saw him. He does voices in Archer and Bob's Burger. He's like a comedian and comedic actor. Yeah. He released an album earlier this year that I just discovered. And I give it my, my full endorsement because it's an idea that I wish I had thought of. The album is from John Benjamin uh, Jazz Daredevil. And what he did is he hired. <laughs> Anyhow, that was relevant recommends. Cool. Uh, moving Listen, on. Jerk. From- this is a great idea. <laughs> the feedback this you're gonna, re- you're gonna regret. You're gonna regret you did that one. Oh, we got it. We'll listen to John <laughs> Benjamin. We got it. We got it. No, no. So he oh, he gosh. he does not know how to play. He does not know how to play an instrument, much less the piano right 
he hired a full jazz band and gave them like a bunch of covers. Like these are, these are, this is a professional, these are professional studio musicians. And he hired a full band except for a piano player and said, I'm going to come in and record the album. We're going to play these songs. He went in and played them, except he doesn't know how to play piano. So it's an entire album of him trying to play piano with professional musicians. I saw the video of it. it like. Incredible! <laughs> I saw the video of it a couple months ago, and I was weeping. I couldn't. I could barely watch it. It was the funniest it's thing. It's literally like, him. It's oh, li- I was it's literally him. You're almost like, about to start weeping. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> but he, it's a it's a full album. It is a full. It is literally a full album, song after song of him, including like solos, including where like the music stops and it's time for like oh my the piano gosh. to do like the cool. We gotta hear, can and we he's, find a he's like this? he's trying. He's not just like pounding. He's like it's funny because he's literally trying to like keep up with the songs. There's one where the piano starts the song and the entire album is just a pleasure to listen to. Uh, if you like someone who's never, if you like hearing someone who's never played the piano before attempt to play to a full jazz band. Okay. Here's, here's, here's a clip. Here's a clip of, uh, this is track two. It's called, I can't play piano part one. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> You've got to watch the video of this, Jesse. Do you know the best part about this is he didn't he didn't tell them what he was doing before he went in there. Oh, oh no! Oh. He like hired them, and they were under Those the assumption that there was man. like a real jazz pianist coming in. Oh no, that's amazing! <laughs> oh man, uh, it right. is. It's 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 a it's. My contender for album of the year. (laughs) (laughs) There's Roland recommends. I was weeping. (sighs) Okay. All right. So uh, it is time for this week's editorial question of the week. It's not really a question of the week this week. It's a challenge (laughs) of the week. Uh, We're going to do Eddie's suggestion. We want you to go (laughs) to a hotel and just take a picture or tell us the story of what happens uh, of you trying to get as much as you can for free without ever lying or breaking a, a posted rule. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like even if they say like, do you go to this hotel? I do not. May I please have a toothbrush? Well, do I go? I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I'm right here. My, I, my recommendation is to hold rules very loosely. Real <laughs> soft. Because if you really dig into the ethic of this, it's going to be rough. Yeah. To Jesse's point, if I ask you for a thing and you willingly hand it to me without doing yeah. any follow up on without any follow up, if the person that's on you, that's on you, not me. How about this? Don't compromise your own ethic on behalf of this yeah. challenge. Well, this yeah. and it doesn't even have to be like an item. Like, let's just say, you know, those yeah. like hotels that Hot just dog. have like a TV playing in the lobby, right? Right. Yeah. Why don't you just go there and watch an entire Monday Night Football game just in the hotel lobby? <laughs> Great. And like, you don't even have to exchange words with the person working at the desk. I doubt they'll say anything. If you just walked in, sat on the couch, and started watching TV, that that's that counts too, in my opinion. Or let's say let's say you love cucumber water mm. every day for a week. Walk into the lobby and fill up your water bottle with cucumber water. Yes. 
Well, we'll let people dream. This is a good one. Yeah. Or totally going to get somebody arrested. But you either can, way, you, hilarious. Who would get arrested? Should you, Disney should jail you get arrested? Disney please do not yeah. say relevant in any of your... <laughs> um, go over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You can post your... Uh, you know, stories there, I guess. But if you have pictures, you can tweet them to us at relevant podcast and we will tell our favorite ones. Snapchat them next week. Don't Snapchat them to us. Well, many thanks to our guests this week for joining us. Uh, Lauren Daigle is on Twitter at Lauren underscore Daigle. D-A-I-G-L-E. Her album, How Can It Be, is out now. Thanks also to Hassan Minaj for talking to us. You can find him on Twitter at uh, at Hassan Minaj. And uh, you can get tickets to his one-man show at homecomingkingsshow.com. Thanks to our show sponsors for making the show possible. Remember, check out Wealthfront. It's an amazing, uh, transparent, and affordable financial advisor company. You can go to wealthfront.com slash relevant, and you will get up to $15,000 managed for free. It's crazy. Uh, And also thanks to Squarespace for sponsoring the show. Remember, go over to squarespace.com, and when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, use offer code relevant to get 10% off your first purchase. Hey, while you're on the internet... Head over to relevantmagazine.com and you can uh, subscribe to the magazine. The new issue is out now featuring Jack Houston on the cover and it's packed with some amazing content. Um, and when you subscribe, it's only a buck a month and uh, we think you like it and mm-hmm. it supports the show. Yeah. Um, it, if you're on an iPad or full-size Android tablet, you can go over to those app stores as well and get the interactive edition. And on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffoltz. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Joy <laughs> <laughs> that was disgusting. Yeah, I, I cannot just, believe you just said that. I'm not like, even going to say. It. I don't even want my name to. It was actually really that. rude. So just yeah, that's that's going to kill that our search board, engine that optimization. Is, that is borderline the most offensive, explicit, uh, sorry, just deranged, help myself. And, crimi- and criminal thing I've ever heard. I mean, that's worse than a pastor telling me who to vote which, for. Which, ironically, she did in that phrase, but in the worst and most disgusting way possible with a threat that I can't even want to think about. Closing out the show, here is Lauren Daigle. I am guilty Ashamed of what I've done what I've become These hands are dirty I did not lift them up To the Holy One I doubt that you still love me 
for listening to the relevant podcast connect with us on twitter at relevant podcast and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. and don't forget to check the magazine out it's available on newsstands and at the itunes app store or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe the biggest celebrity in town right now is an actual lobster so it's kind of a big deal